Hey guys, welcome back to Nomad Wolf. You're listening to episode 33. In light of the current and ongoing coronavirus pandemic that the world is experiencing, um, I woke up and I came across an, a really insightful article by Corinne Malcolm on irunfar.com. And it's titled A Trail Running and Ultra Running Community Guide to COVID 19. I thought it was really insightful, so for this episode, I'm going to be rereading Corinne's article and hopefully it sheds some light into the current situation that, you know, the world is experiencing and how we can all, you know, put a little bit more perspective on how to quote unquote flatten the curve when it comes to this virus that's causing a lot of stress and also canceling a lot of the races that I and the whole community were looking forward to. Ever miss the mark you set for yourself? You may be left vulnerable, feeling stuck in a low point, questioning your abilities to go out and perform what's staring back at you again. But in the midst of this dark time, you begin again, step by step, this time a bit smarter. But what's changed? Your approach. You've asked for help along the way, and those people have begun to light your path with answers and belief. My name is Glenn Gabriel, and this is the Nomad Wolf Podcast, a show about life, sport, business, and everything we could eat in between. We connect with high performers, endurance athletes, biohackers, mindset coaches, and pretty much anyone around the world with the appetite to challenge their potential, thus uplifting and unlocking everyone else's ability to seek theirs. So whether you're going from couch to 5K, or you're a long workout weekend warrior. We hope you find what you've been looking for or what's been looking for you. My next race has been postponed indefinitely as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. You may also experience similar postponement or cancellation if you have a spring race on your calendar. Truthfully, I was initially sad, but every runner I've spoken with has eventually come to the same conclusion. This was the right decision. In these last days, we've all likely witnessed fear and fear-mongering, panic and all that toilet paper hoarding, frustration and maybe even disregard, because that's what we fight the panic with internally. What do we really need to know about COVID-19? What is our personal risk? And more importantly, what is our responsibility to the wider community? First off, what is COVID-19? COVID-19 comes from a large family of viruses known as coronaviruses. They get their name corona because of the crown-like spikes on their surface. Coronaviruses cause a range of respiratory illnesses from the common cold to much more severe diseases such as severe acute respiratory syndrome, otherwise known as SARS, and Middle East Respiratory Syndrome, MERS. Given that coronaviruses cause serious respiratory diseases, Organizations like the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, aka the CDC, and the World Health Organization, the WHO, monitor populations for unusual disease clusters. With COVID-19, an aggregate of pneumonia cases was linked to an animal market in Wuhan, China, and determined to be a novel coronavirus, one not circulating in humans prior to this outbreak. What started in one market in China has quickly spread globally. According to Johns Hopkins University's COVID-19 Life Tracker, as of Saturday, March 14, 
cases are confirmed in 147 countries and regions. Why is COVID-19 giving us a runaround? COVID-19 is a serious illness. To help us understand this, we look at available data on how contagious it is, how easy it is to transmit, and the severity of its symptoms. We also compare this data to that of a seasonal flu, another virus we all know well. COVID-19 is highly contagious. Every infectious disease has something called the R0, pronounced r naught, which is the mathematical term indicating how contagious it is. Since the infection literally reproduces itself as it spreads to new people, sometimes it's referred to as its reproduction number. The r naught tells us the average number of people who are likely to catch a disease from one infected individual, and it varies among specific populations based on interventions taken against it. Generally speaking, if r naught falls below 1, the disease will naturally die out in the population. The current r naught of COVID-19 outside of China is between 2 and 3, meaning that every infected person will likely infect 2 to 3 additional people. For comparison, the average r naught of the seasonal flu is 1.3. This high of an r naught value is what leads to the infection's exponential growth even doubling the number of confirmed cases in a country like the USA in less than a week. Importantly, r naught is not a set-in-stone number, and it changes over the course of a disease's spread. For example, the r naught of a COVID-19 in China is currently approaching 1. They've managed this via enormous interventions, including enforced social distancing and developing testing that allowed for more than a million people to be tested each week. One of the best examples of a rapid effective response is Singapore, which now has a COVID-19 r naught number of 0.3, largely due to their radical transparency, rapid testing, strict social distancing, and effective quarantines. COVID-19 is easy to transmit. One of the reasons COVID-19 is spreading so rapidly is at least partially due to the fact that you, yes, you right now, might be carrying and actively shedding a releasing active viral particles slash droplets and not even know it. Most people who are infected with COVID-19 will develop symptoms 5 to 12 days after becoming infected. However, peak virus shedding happens early in COVID-19, 2 to 5 days post-infection. This means you could be actively contagious for up to 10 days before showing symptoms. In contrast, you will show symptoms of the seasonal flu one to four days post-infection and become contagious 24 hours before your symptoms appear. What we know so far is that COVID-19 has very serious symptoms. The current rate of hospitalization for COVID-19 patients in China and Italy is 10 to 15%. For comparison, the CDC estimates that in an average year, 1 to 1.8% of seasonal flu positive patients require hospitalization, and the hospitalization rate for the ongoing 2019-2020 flu season is estimated at 1 to 1.3%. How is COVID-19 transmitted? Coronavirus, including COVID-19, are spread from person to person via respiratory droplet transmission. Every time an infected individual coughs, sneezes, yells, or even breathes, they release infected droplets into the environment up to six feet away. Additionally, COVID-19 can live on some surfaces for up to three days. So 
even if you were not in direct line of fire from a cough or a sneeze, you can still pick up infected droplets from other surfaces they have landed upon and transport them to your face, eyes, nose, or mouth via your hands. So why should each of us take action in the COVID-19 pandemic? For as much panic as I've witnessed over the past two weeks, I've also witnessed an equal amount of ambivalence. How much danger is each of us actually in? What it looks like right now is that if you're under the age of 50 and do not have other risk factors such as a history of smoking, a compromised immune system, cardiovascular disease, or any other chronic illness, you're likely to be okay. Okay, quote unquote, means that if you become infected, you will likely only experience mild symptoms, which is the case for 80% of people in China, or even be asymptomatic, the latter a problem all its own, as we've explained. That said, there are a lot of people reading this who are older than 50 who have health conditions, and we all know and spend time with people who are and do. These are the people who are most vulnerable to becoming severely ill as a result of COVID-19. Thus, how each of us individually and thus our whole community responds matters. I urge you not to panic, and I also urge you to take pause and reflect on how you can help the vulnerable of all our communities. Because me paraphrasing will not adequately do it justice, I quote Zinep Tefeki in Scientific American, Preparing for the almost inevitable global spread of this virus is one of the most pro-social altruistic things you can do. We should prepare, not because we may feel personally at risk, but so that we can help lessen the risk for everyone. We should prepare not because we are facing a doomsday scenario out of our control, but because we can alter every aspect of this risk we face as a society. That's right, you should prepare because your neighbors need you to prepare, especially your elderly neighbors, your neighbors who work at hospitals, your neighbors with chronic illnesses, and your neighbors who may not have the means or the time to prepare because of lack of resources or time. What we need to do is interfere with the natural flow of the COVID-19 outbreak by slowing its spread. This is what the scientific community calls, quote-unquote, flattening the curve or reducing the number of active cases at any given time. This is important because it not only decreases the overall number of people becoming ill, but it also prevents our healthcare systems from being overwhelmed. Simple math tells us that no community's healthcare system is large enough to support COVID-19's natural spread. Left to its own progression, it will create many more seriously sick people than can be properly cared for. Flattening the curve will put fewer people in the healthcare system at one time and help allow everyone to get care that matches their illness's severity. This will avoid unnecessary deaths. Social distancing is everyone's responsibility. There is hope. We have the tools that each of us can employ to help prevent COVID-19 spread. From both past pandemics and watching countries react well and poorly to COVID-19 pandemic, we know that social distancing is perhaps the most effective tool available to us. Simply put, social distancing is intentionally staying away from other people in order to avoid catching and spreading a virus. This means maintaining enough social distance between yourself and other people, which means six feet to avoid respiratory droplets, as well as limiting large close gatherings of people. Examples of the latter include concerts, school, large offices, hello working from home, 
conferences, meetings, busy restaurants and stores, and yes, even running events. While it is thought that there is likely more risk in being inside with large groups than outside, social distancing practices include limiting large numbers of people anywhere. But we're trail runners and ultra runners. Yes, there's been a lot of talk about canceled and postponed races and events. There has also been plenty of jokes to the effect of, quote unquote, I got into running for the social distancing, or quote unquote, trail running won't get you COVID-19 because no one else is out in the woods at 6 a.m. While there is some validity to both statements, in jest or not, do you as a trail runner need to be worried? Are these race directors crazy? Should I stop putting my hand directly into the food bowls at aid stations? Immunologist and ultra runner Eric Lee confirms that trail running is generally safe. We're outside and we're usually away from large crowds, check and check. But he also confirms that ultra runners aren't exactly known for their excellent hygiene. What he means is that in a trail ultra marathon race setting, hygiene, even outside of a pandemic, is less than ideal, even though we are not running in the same density of people as you would in a metropolitan road race, we are given ample opportunity to unknowingly spread disease, explains Lee. Quote unquote, during races, we share common food dishes, fill our water bottles from the same containers, have direct contact with many people, and share plenty of hugs and high fives. Also, is there inherent risks to running or racing long distances during a pandemic. While it's true that hard training and races causes short-term immune system suppression, that depression is short-lived and your immune system bounces back quickly. What that means, says Lee, is that there's a short window, post-exhaustive training slash racing, where you are theoretically more susceptible to infection, but your immune system is robust and dynamic and will quickly right the ship. Yes, runners, you may keep running so long as you keep your social distance. There are a few places in the world where running in public is currently not permitted due to quarantine rules. Please follow those local regulations. However, the canceling and postponement of races are in the best interest of the broader community. Social distancing and limiting large numbers of people gathering, be it in shuttles to the race start or finish line after party, have still been shown to be the most effective way of slowing the vi- the spread of the virus like COVID-19. Plus, there is the now well-known risk of COVID-19 infection via travel, which we will talk about shortly, which racing often requires. What else can we do to flatten the COVID-19 infection curve? There's tons of hope. Here are more actions we can all take to help reduce the spread of COVID-19. Join the hand-washing revolution, Stop touching your face. Limit touching other people and surfaces. Clean frequently touched surfaces. Stay home if you are sick. Cancel non-essential travel. Be kind, calm, and pliable. And realize it's about more than you. This whole situation is bigger than you. It's bigger than any of us. We need to normalize this being everybody's problem. This means following local, state, national, and international guidance. Many of us runners are at low risk of getting very sick from COVID-19, but we are surrounded by people who are not. Our actions affect everyone. Trail runner Martina Valmasoy shares what life is like now in her hometown in Veneto region of Italy due to the COVID-19 pandemic. The country's major loss of life and health 
and government quarantines to try and slow its spread. Quote unquote, more or less, here's what has happened. This time last weekend, I was traveling to a ski mountaineering race in Trento, two hours away. At the same time, we were talking about the virus and understanding that they have to prevent the spread, but none of us really understood what was going on for real. Two days later, I was locked inside my house. Last Sunday, something changed. They stopped calling COVID-19 a stronger flu. We finally realized that a lot of people, and not just elderly people, were dying for real. We finally understood that the request of isolation was necessary to protect the weakest. Once you understand that with the contact of other people, you might infect your grandparents or parents, you definitely change your behavior. The biggest problem here, besides the virus itself, is the capacity of hospitals and the number of ventilators. It's super scary. Imagine this scenario. You go out, you meet someone you don't know is infected. You go home, you infect your parents, they visit grandma to bring her food, all now are infected. At some point, we all need to go to intensive therapy at the hospital because we couldn't breathe without. There are not enough hospital places, so they give priority to the ones with more chances to live. You get the spot. Your parents and grandma are dying because you didn't stay home. Yes, we are staying inside as much as possible. I live in a mountain town in the region of Veneto with not much people, so for us it's not as hard as it could be in the city. Also, we don't have any contagious problem yet in my town, but this can change at any minute. Cafes are closed, restaurants too, supermarkets and pharmacies are still open, but you have to respect the safety distance between each person. We can't drive outside our village, so we must get groceries in our village. Most of the factories have closed, but a few people are still working. You can go out to walk the dog and for health, but always close to your house and not for long. Skiing, climbing, and running are not accepted because they might be dangerous and they don't want to rescue people. Right now, we should be isolated until the 3rd of April, but we don't know if this will change and we are actually fearing it. Not everyone is being respectful and responsible. Right now, the most affected region is Lombardia with Bergamo with the most cases. My region has a bronze medal because we have fewer infections for now. We will see. But yeah, that's pretty much the end of the article. I thought it was a really insightful read. And I think when it comes to social distancing, obviously it's a very new term to all of us, but it makes sense when it comes to all of the the canceling, when it comes to, for example, like Coachella or even, you know, most of the races. I, I believe the Boston Marathon got postponed until September. Same with a bunch of races in Europe. It just makes sense and I don't know, I just hope that everybody takes care of themselves and out of respect tries to stay home as, as much as they can or keep the distance when it comes to, uh, you know, being surrounded with other people. But yeah, hopefully this this whole COVID thing dies dies out in the next couple months because you could just feel the, the stress from from everybody around the world and it's... It's just not fun. It puts a damper on 2020. Everybody had really high hopes for this year. And um, I think everybody's hope right now is just for this virus to just go away. Anyways, thank you guys for listening and um, take care out there.
Thank you guys for tuning in to this episode of the Nomad Wolf Podcast. It really means so much that you guys take the time out of your day to spend it with me and our guests. I really hope that today's content here and on the blog helps you on your path. If you're a new listener and like what you hear, feel free to hit the subscribe button. We'll be interviewing more Nomad Wolves and unpacking more secrets and stories that you don't want to miss. I'm going to leave you guys right here, but in the meantime, take care, take care of each other, stay present, and do your best to move forward, even if it's only a little bit. I'll catch you next time. Peace.